Vegas Nation, presented by STN Sports Mobile from Station Casinos. We're trying, like I said, to uh, bring the right kind of people in here, we think, that can build a championship football team. You guys are the most loyal fans in the world, and I know it hurts that we might not be the Oakland Raiders forever, but we are still Raider Nation. I think it's going to be a, uh, get an army coming into uh, Las Vegas. Hey everyone, it's Heidi Fang here along with our Raiders staff writer, Adam Hill. And joining us a bit later, we're also going to get Miles Simmons on the phone. He's new to Vegas Nation and our Raiders reporter out in Alameda today. So we're going to get his take on the game. We're really excited to have Miles join the podcast here. And this is the Vegas Nation podcast. And we are brought to you by STN Sports Mobile Stations Casino. Make sure to subscribe to Vegas Nation at VegasNation.com or download the Vegas Nation app to follow all things silver and black. You can always find the podcast on ReviewJournal.com podcast or anywhere else you download your shows from make sure to drop us a comment let us know what you think we love hearing from you guys we appreciate all your feedback so the Raiders are 2-0 in the preseason 33-26 win against the Arizona Cardinals Adam the starters got it going and the rest of the team kept the flow going how would you grade the Raiders week two preseason performance well I think in most preseason games you're going to get an incomplete uh, that's how it's going to go and you know, the starters played one drive. Uh, offensively, you saw Derek Carr and the starting offense out there for just one drive. And, yeah, you give them an A-plus for that one drive. It was fantastic. They did everything they wanted to do. Uh, but it's one drive. And, you know, a football game and a football season is about, you know, getting what you want to do out early, but also making adjustments and everything else. So you don't know how that's going to go. But I think the Raiders got everything they wanted out of the starting offense yesterday. Carr went out there for that one drive. Uh, they gave Josh Jacobs like the first three carries, got him on the ground, and they get 20 yards on those first three. And then uh, his fourth carry later in the drive was for just a yard. But, you know, they wanted to establish the run. They wanted to, you know, let their offensive line kind of establish a lot of scrimmage a little bit. They did that. They let Jacobs get a little comfortable. I know John Gruden said a couple weeks ago uh, he wanted to see Jacobs start to take some hits and see how he handled it, how he bounced back up, got back to the huddle, and, and got back out there. And I think Gruden was very happy with that yesterday. Uh, as I said, giving him those first three carries, let him let him get established a little bit, and then you know they get a deep on to Tyrell Williams. I think that's something they want to showcase this year. And they got that on the first drive, and then uh, you know the touchdown play was uh, just a fantastic route design that cleared out an entire side of the field uh, for Ryan Grant. And, you know, Carr completes both of his passes, one for a touchdown. You couldn't ask for anything more than that. But you know, you need to see more than that before you start giving out uh, glowing grades. I thought defensively is where people might be a little bit more excited. You saw the starting defense out there a little more uh, than than you would expect. They got a couple of drives, and I thought played really, really well. They certainly dominated uh, their portion of the game. A lot of that is Kyler Murray was just awful. Uh, (laughs) The Cardinals' offense could do nothing. But, hey, listen, all you can do is go up against the team that's out there on the field. And uh, the Raiders, I thought, after you know uh, a huge struggle defensively last season, Uh, have shown some really promising signs here early on in the preseason. I'm sure one of the more promising things that Raider fans saw last night was that safety that LaMarcus Joyner got. What did you think, not just about his performance, his ability to get in there and get to the quarterback, create the pressure, but also, I mean, the schemes that Paul Gunther was putting together for the defense to give them room to succeed? Yeah, I mean, I think there's a couple of things on that. First of all, like, yes, uh, LaMarcus Joyner showed something that he's done uh, for a long time, and I know 
Uh, Miles can probably talk about it, and, and he's been around uh, covering the Rams, and he's seen him when he's back on the Rams. And one of the things that's very underrated about Marcus Joyner's game is his ability to be used uh, in the blitz scheme and to get to the quarterback at times. And uh, part of that, and I kind of tweeted out jokingly, but it's uh, there's some serious element to it too, is that he's very small and it's it's easy uh, easier to disguise where you're coming from and um, you know where you're lined up when when you don't have a whole lot of size to you. That's that's one of the benefits. There's a lot of drawbacks too, but that's certainly a benefit of it. And, and he can do that, but uh, I think a, a lot of that has to be taken with a grain of salt as well. I mean, teams aren't expecting a whole lot of blitz packages in the preseason, and I think at times the Cardinals are certainly caught off guard uh, by Gunther sending a lot of blitzes. And uh, in that case, I, was, I think it was certainly the case. They had no idea how to deal uh, with the with the extra rusher coming off uh, from that side when Gunther came up with a lot of scrimmage. So, uh, yes, I think you're encouraged and you're showing off some things you can do. And I think if you're a Raiders fan, you don't care about the Cardinals, but you're saying, hey, listen, I like a lot of what we're seeing. I like a lot of the, the blitz piece that Gunther's putting together, and that's what he does as a coordinator. But you also have to remember, I don't think the Cardinals were uh, putting in any packages to pick up the blitzes. They, they didn't expect a whole lot of that to come. And I think they were caught off guard a lot by that in the game. All right. So Raider fans probably very excited with this 2-0, like you mentioned. But I'm thinking in terms of making the roster for this team right now, we're still at the 90-man roster. They don't have to cut yet. But when these rosters do come in, there's going to be a lot of guys on this Raider team who are on that bubble. We saw one of them last week in Keelan Doss. Uh, who do you think this week really stood out in this game that could be on that bubble that maybe helped their case for making the 53-man roster? Yeah, I think, you know, I thought that uh, Anthony Rush was way off the bubble when he first came in just as a, you know, undrafted rookie free agent and kind of said, okay, well, they're just bringing in a body to help out. But, you know, he jumped off the tape in the first preseason game, and I know a lot of scouts were talking about that. Uh, but he made plays again yesterday, and I thought uh, that was, you know, very impressive to follow up what was a great debut with the Raiders with another a good game yesterday. You mentioned a guy like Keelan Dawson. Man, you start looking around at the numbers at wide receiver. Uh, there's going to be a guy that a lot of people are talking about or that expect to be on the team that's not there. There's just too many bodies. There's there's seven guys in the mix basically that you would say, oh yeah, that guy's on the team. And then you're like, oh wait, are they going to really keep seven receivers? Like I don't think they are. So uh, those guys are really battling. And you know, I know they love what JJ Nelson has done. He went down with an ankle injury yesterday, uh, so doesn't expect it to be serious. But you know, that's a guy that. I think it's safely on the roster that uh, a couple weeks ago, I, I saw a couple of people saying, is he going to be part of the mix? He's, I think he's definitely going to be in there the way that they've used him. Uh, but I think it comes down to like a guy like, is it Marcel Aitman or Keelan Doss? And Keelan Doss certainly is the one that uh, was more impressive yesterday. Uh, but I, I think, I think the real battle uh, for a lot of those spots is going to be on the defensive line because you've had so many guys that have been out for so long in the, in the preseason, guys that just haven't got reps. Uh, they haven't been able to battle for those jobs. And, uh, you start looking around and I think those, those positions, those defensive line positions are, are going to be true battles here, uh, over the next two weeks. You know, next week is usually a dress rehearsal game, the week three of the preseason. Uh, that's the one game where you see a lot of starters. You don't see a lot of the depth guys that are trying to fight for jobs, but I think it might be different, uh, with the Raiders since they're playing in Canada. The John Gruden has talked about handling it differently than most, uh, preseason week threes. Uh, so you might see more backups and, and, you know, roster battle guys than usual for a week three next week. Uh, and then, you know, week four is all about battling for the roster. But uh, I, w I would pay particular attention certainly to the receivers and then in that defensive line 
uh, area where there's just a lot of bodies and not a lot of them have had time to try to stand out because of uh, so much time missed from camp. This episode of Vegas Nation will be right back. SDN Sports is the only sports betting app you need this season. Sign up today and get a new sign-up bonus of up to $50. All right, let's talk about a competition that's not really the sexiest right now on this team, but it's one that we have to get into, the backup quarterback position between Mike Glennon and Nathan Peterman. Neither threw a pick yesterday. We saw much more of Mike Glennon, and he had two touchdowns, and uh, Nate Peterman, of course, eight for eight. So with... Not a whole handful of yards, but he was efficient. So what do you make of these two guys right now, and who's separating themselves as the official backup for Derek Carr? I think they were pretty established with Glennon as the backup, as the number two guy, uh, as of maybe two weeks ago. Uh, And then, you know, things started to to change a little bit because last week you saw both of them put together touchdown drives on their opening drive, uh, and then Glennon followed it up with, some nice numbers with two interceptions. And I know Gruden was very upset uh, with those interceptions. Then we saw on Hard Knocks just how upset he was when he was uh, just really questioning what he was even thinking out there. Uh, So I think the competition was a little bit more open uh, as of the other day. Uh, But I think yesterday, Gruden probably saw everything he wanted out of Glennon uh, to be comfortable with him as the number two. And I know they like Peterman. They like working with him. They like some of the tools that he has and they believe. Uh, that at some point they can make him into, uh, you know, a quality level uh, backup and maybe even a guy that could, could potentially start games for you down the road. But I don't think they're there yet with him. Uh, I think they really want Glennon to be the number two guy to win that job. And I think he put a, a little bit firmer grip on that uh, with his performance. I mean, if you look at the numbers, the quote-unquote perfect quarterback rating at 158.3, just like Carr had, uh, you know, those, those quarterback ratings are antiquated and, and outdated, but it does jump off the stat sheet a little bit. And, even though Peterman was efficient, he didn't do a whole lot. Now, part of that is circumstantial. He comes into a game with, with a huge lead, and it's just kind of asked to manage the way, uh, the game the rest of the way. So he didn't really get a chance to, to make a whole lot of plays or anything. But uh, I, I think the door was open for him a little bit, but Glennon was going to have to you know, to trip up a little. Uh, he didn't do that at all yesterday. I mean, he missed the one throw uh, to Darren Waller in the end zone. But other than that, very efficient, made a big play down the field. Uh, I think – Got the got the team in the right plays, and that's something that Gruden was certainly looking for out of him. He wants to be more assertive, and I thought he was at the line of scrimmage. So I think Glennon did all the things right he needed to uh, to to solidify that grip on the number two spot. Okay, so now let's address what everybody has on their mind. That's Antonio Brown. He was on the sidelines. He went through the warm-ups. He was dressed up yesterday and looked like he was having some nice conversations on the sideline every time the cameras panned over to give us a glimpse of A.B. Uh, of course, now a new thing surfaces that there might be this lawsuit and against him with a celebrity chef whom he has not paid. Uh, Adam, what do you make of all the latest Antonio Brown drama? And should he just pay him that $40,000, which to him is pretty much a parking ticket. Uh, yeah, I mean, listen, who knows what went on in that situation? It was, uh, you know, he had a guy that was over there cooking for a you know party weekend, and eventually just kicked him out and said he didn't want him around anymore. And part of the lawsuit is that he, you know, he kept all of the equipment uh, when he kicked him out. I have no idea what's going on with that. I think there's a lot of details still to be sorted out. Uh, but you know, who knows what he owes him or what he doesn't or how much of that is damages. It's a whole thing, but there's always something with Antonio Brown. I think that's, uh, you know, that's what we take away from this more than anything else. 
uh, it seems like the foot drama and the helmet drama are starting to die down. And now uh, there's this other story about this weird chef thing. So uh, I think that's that's the big takeaway. But we we got to talk to Antonio Brown last night. Uh, you know, obviously we talked a little bit at training camp the other day. There was only about two or three minutes. Yesterday, I think it was a little bit more uh, in-depth in the locker room. There was just a couple of reporters and not, you know, 40 cameras standing around. And, uh, you know, I thought he, he, he said some interesting things. I mean, he started off his, his media availability last night very intent on not saying anything. I think that, that's what a lot of us took away, that he, he had no plans to say anything yesterday. Uh, and for whatever reason, after a few questions, he, he got opened up a little bit and uh, started to talk about some of the things. And, you know, I, I asked him how difficult it was to see a lot of those comments on Twitter and social media and Instagram and, and all over the place of people just – you know, going after him and, and calling him all sorts of names without even knowing the situation. Um, and he, he did kind of get into saying, hey, listen, it's not easy. He's like, you know, you try to have a thick skin, but you read all those things, you hear all those things. And uh, that told an interesting story about uh, that retirement tweet from Adam Schefter that really blew up. Uh, Antonio Brown was like, hey, whatever, it's not a big thing to me, but my mom called and asked why I was quitting football. And I had to tell her that I'm not. I don't know where it came from. So, uh, I think you do forget about the human element in some of these stories sometimes. Not that, you know, I, I listen, people uh, in the NFL, athletes, especially Antonio Brown, make a lot of money. So if he has to deal with some, you know, online criticism, it's not the end of the world. Uh, but they are still human beings, and, and you kind of forget that. And, you know, if you're, something's going on in your job and your mom hears about it uh, through media, it's a different world when you're an NFL player. So uh, I thought that was interesting that he, that he kind of talked about that and having to deal with, uh, no, mom, I'm not retiring. I didn't tell anybody that, and uh, he did absolutely deny that he ever threatened retirement over the helmet issue. Uh, so I thought that was kind of a, a newsworthy thing. Uh, whether you know if, if he had said it in jest or you know just an angry you know an angry statement leaving the, the facility one day of like I'm just going to quit then or something like that, that's possible. But he said there was never any real truth to potentially retiring over the helmet situation. Well, Adam, this has all been very insightful, and you're absolutely right. We don't often look at these players, especially somebody that's a megastar like Antonio Brown, and just kind of step back and away from the situations. And I think in the Twitter world and the social media world that we've become, everybody wants to have this instant reaction. And we often just go with our guts without weighing out the real factors and everything involved. We just see what we read really quick in 140 characters or 220, whatever it is. And, <laughs> you know, we just we start making and building assumptions about people when we don't know them. I, I can't say I know Antonio Brown. So I find that very insightful. And we thank you so much for your time. We wish you a safe drive, Adam, on your way to Anaheim and for UFC 241. Can't wait for that. But <laughs> thank you so much for the time. Yeah, of course. And listen, I'm not advocating for anybody to feel bad for Antonio Brown. I'm just saying, listen, sometimes we forget about those things. And I thought that was kind of an interesting human moment. Thank you so much for that, Adam. And again, you can follow Adam on Twitter at Adam Hill LVRJ. But right now, let's bring in our Raiders reporter, Miles Simmons, again, coming to us from the Los Angeles Rams. I'm really interested to get your take on the game, Miles, especially the parts where LaMarcus Joyner is concerned. Yeah, it is interesting covering LaMarcus Joyner after he was with the Los Angeles Rams. And, you know, I've been around him essentially for his entire career since he was drafted in 2014 and I started covering the Rams in 2014. But it is good to see him making plays. And really, what's interesting is that he is now playing in the position that he was playing for the first kind of three years of his career there when uh, Greg Williams was the defensive coordinator and Jeff Fisher was head coach. So he's now back in 
in that slot corner position. The last couple of years for the Rams and with Wade Phillips, he has actually been more of a free safety. So he's showing that versatility that he's got and that really he's always had. But right now it's more of that core stuff that I think he was doing earlier on in his career. And so when you see him get a sack last night and it turns into a safety, it, it really is emblematic of how the Raiders, I think, want to use him and get him back to more of that stuff that he had done earlier on in his career. Give me your biggest takeaways from the Raiders 33-26 win over the Cardinals. I think when you look at the starters' performance, uh, offensively and defensively, they kind of dominated the Cardinals. And you can say that that's because, hey, the Raiders look good and the Raiders look prepared, but it also just says that the Cardinals are a mess in some ways. And I think when you have procedural penalties, like the false start on the quarterback, right, the, the defense of the Cardinals just looked completely out of sorts. Uh, especially on that opening drive. You look at the touchdown pass that Carr got to Grant. I mean, it was a completely blown coverage by the Cardinals. Now, it's preseason, and so I think, A, yes, you can sort of dismiss certain things, um, what the Cardinals were doing because it's preseason, but also... When it's preseason, you want to at least see the fundamentals get right. And when you look at the Raiders and what they did in that game on on uh, on Thursday, they got the fundamentals right. And that's actually very important because even if it's vanilla, even if you're not scheming to your opponents, you want to see guys get the fundamentals right, get the little things right, get those details right. So it's good to see the Raiders where they are right now. I think that they've got a long way to go. But again, if you're just taking this game as it was, you saw a lot of positive things. All right, Miles, thank you so much again. We're looking forward to great things from you covering the Raiders. Hey, thanks for having me on, Heidi. Again, at Miles A. Simmons is his handle on Twitter, and that's Miles with a Y and Simmons with two M's. So we'll look forward to great things from Miles. And again, you can find all the latest episodes of Vegas Nation brought to you by STN Sports Mobile Stations Casino online at reviewjournal.com slash podcast, vegasnation.com, and download the Vegas Nation app for all your Raiders information. We'll be back next Tuesday with your Hard Knocks podcast and again with a preview later in the week. For Miles and Adam, I'm Heidi Fang. Thank you so much for listening. <laughs>